I'm the goat of Disney. I eat everything. All right, everybody, it's Corey story time. So kick back, relax, put your feet up, and get ready to listen to this one. We're not just going to report Disney news and just talk about it. I mean, that's already been done a million times. But then again, we do love Disney news. We will talk about some. So Tammy has me running all over Disney World looking for this new lounge fly. Jillian loves China so much that if she was ever lost, she would need a tag on her shirt that says, If lost, return me to China. Jacob's my dude. Jacob is my tech man. He makes me sound good. I'm the goat of Disney. I didn't ask for that title. I was given it. Or maybe I earned it. Welcome to another podcast. This just gets more and more fun. Well, I know the last podcast could have been controversial, but uh, with all my trusted circle around me, I think that we are good to go on that. I think it was point well taken, and we're good to move on from there. Speaking of moving on, this could be something that we could just let it lie and go but i just feel like i need to say something quick which is i can't even explain it because i i tried to think about how i would explain this on the live stream i haven't been live since then so i am here first talking with you so what i'm talking about is i don't even no, I, I think the only way to make sense of this is to give you quick backstory. And again, this is just so dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. A few weeks ago, the Tammy usually holds the gimbal. And I always ask her, I'm like, do you want to play? And she's like, no, I want to watch you and Jacob go at it and I'll, I'll video. And, you know, when my wife says something, she means it. She doesn't beat around the bush. You know what I mean? Um... You know, it's not like if you ask somebody to, you know, or you, you, you know, if somebody agrees, you know, to buy you a couple dinners or something, you know, it's not like they're expecting to give you a thousand bucks after that. A few weeks back, we play live. Jacob kicks my butt. All in good fun. You know, when it's over, it's over, you know, but the gimbal was going crazy. No, it wasn't the gimbal the first time. It was the signal. So with that happening, I couldn't concentrate and I couldn't get my best effort forward against Jacob. And he wiped my butt so badly, it wouldn't even have mattered. But of course I tried. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I had to tend to the stream. So it comes to this past Saturday, Saturdays, and we're ready to play. And we're playing. And Tammy's videoing. And the gimbal starts going sideways. This is this particular gimbal's first time on this ride. And I don't know why it was going crazy. But it was. I kind of know. So I've got a solution at the end of this. But the point of this whole thing is I got frustrated. 
because I start playing. We built this up all afternoon. The, the, the stream is ready. Are you team Jacob? Are you team Corey? Are you, you know, are you team Jeff? You know, who are you? Are you team, you know, Holly? It was just all of us, you know, we get going and we're off to a good start. Then all of a sudden, Tammy's like the gimbal. And I look over. And so I start trying to give her advice of what to do. And for anybody that doesn't know Tammy, she freaks out to the highest level about most things where most of us would be at a five, she's at a 10. Maybe we're at a two and she's at a 10. Trust me on that one. So she goes to a 10. Oh, I can't do this. And I'm like, just fix it. And so I tried to fix it. And now I'm thinking, okay, I'm losing points here. And we try again. And then the gimbal goes nuts again. And so now I'm frustrated again. And what put me over the top was I said, just hold the gimbal like this. And she's like, I can't. And I thought in my mind quickly, yes, you can. What are you doing? <laughs> so I sounded angry for a few seconds with whatever I replied back to her. You know, I don't know if it was like, I'm trying to play the game or something. And it may have made some people uncomfortable. But for those of you that felt uncomfortable, I can rest assure, reassure you that this is not indicative of anything that goes on at home or anything like that. I mean, those three seconds of anger that came out of me unnecessarily and just didn't even know why it really came out that angrily. <laughs> um, our marriage is not like that. I mean, people would, would pay good money to have the type of relationship that Tammy and I have. I mean, I haven't even raised my voice like that to her in... Psh, what are we in 2023? I don't even know. Some some way back in 2022 or maybe 2021. Who knows? I mean, she's my best friend and we just have the greatest time together and we truly never argue. So, just wanted to bring that across because uh I just felt like I probably should. It's live though, you know? It's live. It's a live stream. But I did cut it out. I cut it out because no one on the rewatch needs to hear that. I, and Tammy played it for me. She goes, you need to hear you. I was like, oh, my. <laughs> I mean, and, and while we were live, right off of that, we just, we talked about it quick and just blew it off. But so that's over, done, and buried. So what I have to talk about here in the opening is how amazing my time was on Friday and Saturday, and it was all made possible by some really great supporters of the channel who are becoming way more than that. They're becoming valuable, valuable friends. We just love them to death. Can't spend enough time with them. And uh, that is our friends, Jeff and Holly, and they're amazing. And looking forward to hanging out with them again this coming weekend. And they invited us to Fort Wilderness Campground. Talk about planning a day for someone who basically lives in Disney. That's the name of our channel, Living in Diz, right? You'd think that I've done everything, but I haven't. I really haven't. I mean, it might be to the point where I need to print out a checklist of all the restaurants that I have not eaten at. And maybe at some point it becomes a doable goal to have eaten everywhere. So I plan to spend the day on Friday with them. And 
oh my, what we did. Everything we did, I've never done. We did one thing that entire day that I've done many, many times, and I'll do many, many times again, which was ride the Skyliner and go look at the Easter eggs at Grand Floridian. Besides that, unbelievable. So my day starts at Topolino Terrace, Flavors of the Riviera. Let me tell you, I highly, highly recommend this breakfast. It was truly, truly amazed is everything that we got here was outstanding. I might just say we might not give a full nod for the scrambled eggs that Holly got only because they were a little too salty for her. And I can attest to that because I'm not a person that puts salt on my food very much at all. Like almost never. Even when I cook, I don't add salt uh, a lot of times. Unless it's really, really, really called for. I would say the only thing I actually do, ironically enough, do add salt to is my eggs. Eggs need a little bit of salt, but not too much. So if I can remember what everyone ordered around the table, I was with my friends Holly and Neil and Alyssa and Jeff, and I just kind of made those two sound like couples, and it's actually in reverse. Not reverse, but, you know, jumble it up one other way. Well, I suppose you can jumble them a bunch of ways. But, uh, yeah, Holly and Jeff, Alyssa and Neil were with me, and I ordered the sour cream waffle. And let me tell you, roasted apple, chantilly, orange maple syrup, and served with choice of smoked bacon, ham, sausage, or plant-based sausage. I chose the sausage, and the sausage was average sausage. I, you know, you, you can't rave about that too much. Uh, sausage, for the most part, can be sausage. But let me tell you, the roasted apple, the chantilly, the orange maple syrup on the sour cream waffles. Now, if you say, oh, sour cream, I wouldn't like that. Don't think that because I felt like, and Jeff ordered the same, that you could not taste the sour cream. But I'm sure it brought a different level of flavor to the waffle. Five out of five Mickeys, and I think I even said 99 or 49 out of five Mickeys, which I don't usually go that high, but just as an exaggeration to carry over my love for that. And Holly got the two eggs any style. I think she got the, that's when she got the scrambled eggs. She got roasted potatoes and her choice of smoked bacon, ham, sausage. And she thought it was very good. And again, the only knock on that was too much salt on the eggs. Neil got the French toast brulee, I believe. And that had season seasonal compote and choice of smoked bacon, ham, sausage or plant-based sausage, and he raved about that. I would love to have tried a little bit, but um, based on his judgment, he said it was the same. It was like a 49 out of five Mickeys, and it was so, so good. And I have to say that the characters were crazy. Just so much fun. I don't know if it's part of the way we interact with characters now, but 
They were so much fun. I actually asked Minnie. I fell in love with Minnie there. I said, is it possible for a man to love a mouse? <laughs> and she kind of said, eh, so-so. And she kind of pointed over towards Mickey. And I was like, I know your love for Mickey. I'm just saying, you know. Minnie was amazing. Daisy came over as a ballerina. And you could notice the... Daisy has like a little bit of a an attitude, you know, like she's a diva, like a diva attitude. And they all have their own roles. You know, she's a writer. Daisy's a ballerina. Donald is a sculptor, so he has his apron on and it has white, you know, dried, uh, you know, residue from sculpting. And he has his sculpting tools. Donald was so funny. Donald can dance. He was getting his groove on. It's like these characters probably didn't dance like this in the early 2000s, 90s, 80s, 70s. I mean, they work it. Let me tell you, they could work it at the club. If you ask Donald to, sh to shake his tail feathers, he will turn around and bend over and just work that booty. So if you want to see that, make sure you ask him. And he'd be happy to oblige. So there was uh, two women and a little girl beside me at the table beside me like the booth connects but you know at separate tables and when they left they left a check you know in the book donald comes over and he like opens up the book and closes it and he starts slamming his hands together and he's throwing a donald fit like only donald can do and i'm like donald what they didn't pay and he's like no i said the tip wasn't good enough he's like no and I'm like, Donald has to get paid. And he's like smacking his hands, agreeing with me. I'm like, you've got sculptures to do. you you got work to do. And he started doing squats. And yeah, it was nuts. So check out Living in Diz on YouTube if you want to see that entire character breakfast. It was so much fun. And then the view over there is unbelievable. You go out the doors and you're up on the highest balcony and we showed it on stream you can go way to the right and the most you can see is you can see swan and dolphin over there and you just pan across and you can see the world showcase you can see tower of terror so clearly you can see everest and it just goes on and on and on and on and on so what can i say five out of five for our time over there at Topolino's. So from there, we went on the Skyliner. I thought it would be great to show the eggs. As a matter of fact, it was Tammy's idea. I thought it would be great to show the Easter eggs over at the Grand Floridian. And then Holly's idea was, why don't we take the Skyliner, which was even more amazed is. It's been a while since I've been on the Skyliner and I can't figure out why. So we did. We took the Skyliner, which is always a treat for everyone watching the live stream on YouTube. And it was a beautiful, beautiful day. And we took that and we, then we had to take a bus. That took forever. I don't know why it was 30 minutes to take a resort bus back from Hollywood Studios over to Grand Floridian, but it did. And we occupied our time and had some fun. So when we got there, the eggs were amazing. Again, watch the live stream to appreciate the work that goes into these eggs. And we even watched an artist doing one. There were one. There were 100 characters on the egg he was working on. And it was maybe like less than half, maybe 35, 40% done, painted with the characters. The other side penciled in still. 
And there was a moment because Holly and Jeff surprised us all with reservations to Storybook Dining at Artist Point with Snow White. And I had no stream scheduled for that. So I had to step aside and schedule this stream. I gave Neil the stream and I asked him to show the viewers the rest of the eggs. And he did. But then he stopped over because the piano player, his name's Wes, amazing guy. Neil took time to show the stream him playing. And Neil knows him. So Neil was up close streaming this and talking with him. There was even a point where Wes looked at the camera and said, I'll be impressed if anybody knows this. And it really got the audience involved. I was very, very happy and very, very proud of that. So great job, Neil, on that. Really, really happy for that. At that point, we took a break from the stream and just enough to give us time to get over to Disney's Wilderness Lodge. And then we went live again and we did storybook dining. See how this day is going? Like, these are things I've never done before. These are dinners that I've that have always been on my radar. So dinner is $65 an adult and $39 per child. We all paid for adults, I should say, over at Topolino's, and I believe that was 40 bucks. 40, 42. So the menu reads like this, and so the story begins dot 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 shared appetizers so they all come and we share them you have wild mushroom bisque with chive oil hunter's pie with turkey and chicken cranberry preserve on a crispy sauerkraut wicked shrimp cocktail bloody mary vinaigrette seaweed salad spiced housemade seasoning those were all good the wild mushroom bisque was excellent i'd give that a five out of five mickeys the Hunter's Pie, it looked like a meatball on top of a cracker. Very presentation, you know, 5 out of 5 for presentation. It tasted fine. I'd probably give it a 3 out of 5. Wicked Shrimp Cocktail, it was a very good shrimp. It was a very, very good shrimp. It was a good size. I was able to pull it all out seamlessly and get all the meat. So, as far as shrimp cocktail goes, it was solid, so... I would give that, for what it is, I'd give it a 5 out of 5. It's hard not to. Then you come up to the part of the menu that's the core of the story entrees. You choose one, so your choices are cottage beef stroganoff, a stroll through nature, which is a bunch of, well no, it's not a bunch of veggies. I'll explain it in a second. Brothers Grimm Herb Chicken, Sorcerer's Spell of Trickin' Chicken. Bashful Sustainable Fish, Magic Mirror's Slow Braised Pork Shank, and the Royal Prime Rib. I got the Royal Prime Rib Roast, and I had that done as medium well, as I normally do. The horseradish mashed potatoes, the horseradish added to the mashed potatoes was unbelievable. My dish was a 5 out of 5. It was cooked very well. Two slim carrots laid across the bottom. And the side item that came with that, uh, I'm drawing a blank on what it was called. It was huge. It looked like a it looked like a, a small roast beside everything. You know, bigger bigger than your fist sitting there on the side. And I'm just going blank on what it was, but it's 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 bready and I can't remember if it was sweet either. 
it was pretty good. I was just very interested in it, so I ate the whole thing. Uh, think of it as like a side of bread. Uh, it was really big, uh, but it was really good. So that's a five out of five there. I know Jeff got the stroll through nature or a stroll through nature with asparagus, leeks, arugula, gnocchi, sage, parmesan, and it looked really good. He was very, very pleased, and I'm pretty sure he said a five out of five. I did consider the beef stroganoff, but definitely wanted to jump on the, the rib roast for sure. And I think Alyssa and Neil may have gotten the sorcerer spell of trick and chicken, but they do make accommodations for gluten-free. And that was cauliflower puree, roasted vegetables, and vegetable juice, J-U-S. And I think they love theirs too. The desserts, now you share the desserts as well. It's the Sweet Endings shared desserts. And the titles of those are Miner's Treasures, which is cookies and cream, panna cotta, chocolate gems, poison apple, dark chocolate apple mousse with a sour center, fairy tale gooseberry tart with merengue and gooseberry, and the hunter's gift to the queen. So these treats were all very, very good. Give them all a five out of five. The gooseberry was nice. You bit into it. The little, little, it was a little pie. So the edges of it were crispy and the inside was very soft and warm. It looked a lot like what it would look like on the inside of an apple pie. And the poison apple literally looked like the size of a cherry, but it, there was apple mousse inside, dark chocolate apple mousse with a sour center. And they must have used food coloring to make the apple red. So the character interactions were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just a, what a day of character interaction. Goofy, not goofy, I meant, I meant to say dopey. Dopey was dopey. I showed dopey that I had, um, I could make big ears like him. And we made some really great pictures. We, we made some... I got some close-ups with him, you know, making funny faces. And Grumpy was grumpy, giving the thumbs down to Neil at the table because of his New York accent, which was amazing. And oh, let me tell you, the queen, the queen, talk about staying in character. She wanted nothing to do with anybody. Straight-faced, really woody, woody, really witty. And I'm telling you, everybody, I must have been nervous. I didn't realize I was because everybody said I even looked it and sounded it. I've usually been really good with interacting with characters, but this time she was just too fast for me. I am not one that can think on my feet in the instant and have the best comeback. It takes me a, a little bit to do that to the best of my ability. And she had me, you know, I'm like, I was showing her the camera. We were live and I'm like, what would you say in the magic mirror? You know, she's like, do you always ramble when you're nervous? And she was just so straight-faced. And so we went to take the picture, and I'm smiling. Then I'm thinking to myself, should I be smiling right now with her? And I said, are you smiling? And she said, yes, I am, with a total straight face. So much fun. And when Cinderella comes out, dancing her dance, and the queen, the wicked queen, is standing in the corner for her meet and greet. By the way, if I ever say Cinderella, I mean, I don't know why I call Snow White Cinderella. Must be the S sound. Snow White comes out, and she is dancing and fixing her bow, very elegant dancing, and I'm keeping an eye on the Wicked Queen. 
because as soon as the music ends in in Snow White stops, the Wicked Queen looks away and just kind of takes her fingers like shoo-shoo. So great. And the other thing I can say about the Queen is I looked over at one point and she was taking a photo with probably two five, six-year-olds in Snow White dresses. And she kept the same attitude, wanted nothing with these two little kids. Lastly, after that, we had just enough time to get over to Fort Wilderness Campground and we spent the night there in a cabin. So we were able to show a live walkthrough of the cabin, which is beautiful. It's so quaint. Uh, can comfortably fit to four, four to six, but probably most more like four, a uh, family of four. And so nice. You have a grill outside and the neighborhood is quiet. Everybody's so chill. We took the golf cart out and visited some side streets and some people decorate, even if it's not the holidays, they still decorate. So it was fun to look at Disney decorations we went over to some of the shops, did some merching. We also watched Chippendales sing along. And just before that, we toasted marshmallows on stream, made some s'mores. And I think I've mastered that. Some people, I mean, you can email me at livingandis at gmail.com and let me know how you like your marshmallows toasted. But for me, I have mastered the art of a light brown around the entire marshmallow, or mostly uh, mostly all of it, but having the center so gooey. And uh, you put that together, and it's pure magic. I had two. So if we observe the landscape of this whole thing, we've got some parents who aren't paying full attention to their younger children who have these sticks with marshmallows on the end, throwing them in the fire. I had to do a Keanu Reeves Matrix move more than once because I I just, I anticipate. It's what I do in my life when I'm driving on the road. I anticipate people's next moves. And I was anticipating this kid in front of me doing what he did, which allowed me to foresee it and take action with my own body. He flames up this marshmallow, whips it around towards me, and I had to do this crazy move, and I escaped the flames of the flaming marshmallow. And this wasn't the only time it happened. There was one kid, you know, there's always that one kid at camp, or that one kid on the baseball team, you know, that's just, he's loud, the belly's hanging out, He's probably a really obnoxious kid. <laughs> and this kid was wasting marshmallows left and right. He'd get one all flamed up and he'd go to flick it out of the fire quick and up it went into the sky and it would fall down on the floor. I don't know how he didn't set people on fire, but many, many marshmallows found their way to the ground that did not hit people. There was even a time I set the gimbal up on this I don't even know what you call it, this box that was like maybe six and a half feet. Set the gimbal up there. It was a perfect way to let the stream see me making the marshmallows. Some woman comes over 
I don't know if she just crawled out of the woods or what, but she was very, very mellow. And her voice was very, very soft. And she looks at us and she says, how do I get started? <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, clearly this lady thinks that we're distributing the supplies. So I was going to play along with it. I'm like, oh, I was about to say, okay, let's get you a graham cracker. And let's get you a marshmallow first. And she grabbed, we, she went to go grab one of our used sticks that we had in this little, this little holder on the side. And Jeff was like, no, 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 no. You got to go get a new stick over there. She never came back. So, but if she did, I, I would have set her right up. And, and just, just to make her think, it would have been nice. And just to make her think that, yeah, that's what we're here for, to distribute supplies. So they usually have a food truck there that distributes these packages of your marshmallows, your graham crackers, and your chocolate. But for some reason, it didn't show up. And so that was that. We survived the flaming marshmallows flying all over the place. And then we grabbed our seats in the stands. And the cowboy comes out and he starts singing songs. And Chip and Dale come out and they start doing their thing. It was so much fun. Then it starts to rain and it gets a little heavier. And the place half clears out. That cowboy kept strumming that guitar. He kept going. And we headed over to the golf cart. We weren't ready to give up yet, but we were going to sit there and kind of wait it out. But with, by the time our butts hit the seats, the rain stopped, but half the people kept going. So what we did was we went back, we got better seats, but they never brought Chip and Dale back out. So we knew they were coming out for a couple numbers later. So he introduces two cast members and they start skipping down the aisle like they're Chip and Dale. And he says, they're filling in for Chip and Dale. And I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, okay. But they really did. So... We missed some of Chippendale. We still enjoyed the show. And maybe we're assuming that they didn't come out because the ground was now wet and maybe they don't want to ruin the costumes. So that was that. And I believe we ended the stream. Oh, no, we didn't end, it, end the stream yet. We went over to the docking area and we got to see the electric water pageant up close. It was like a private show. There was only a few of us there. And it was really, really cool to watch. And that was the end of our Friday. Now, if we move on to Saturday, the fun didn't end there. Because I stayed up late hanging out with friends. We got up in the morning and we started a new stream where we ate at Trails End. And Trails End had another great breakfast menu. It was all the classics that you can think of. And... This one was a, an all-you-can-enjoy-to-eat-as-well. So it used to be a buffet, but it's not a buffet anymore. So quaint, so cozy, really fits the atmosphere. It makes zero sense why Disney is going to get rid of this restaurant. They don't have an official closing date. There is a limit to when you, how far out you can book this. I think it's April 22nd, but the our waitress, Sarah, told us, personally that they have not received an official date yet they need to keep this place there's no reason tammy just came in the room tammy there's no reason to get rid of trails end right i don't care what the reason is yeah if you haven't, didn't hear her it's a perfect price for food look at this a disney all you can eat at a resort for 22.99 for adults and 12.99 for kids this is so affordable. If I came on vacation and this place existed, 
the kids and I would be going over there quite often for breakfast, wouldn't you say? I mean, and they could easily make this a character breakfast and crank up the price if they wanted to. I mean, you could put a Cowboy Mickey in there, Cowboy Goofy. Bam, you have yourself a character meal. So to start out, they bring out oven fresh pastry baskets. And then, actually not to start out, this is the entire thing that you get here, which is the oven. Well, they do start with that, though. They start with the oven fresh pastry basket, which is mini muffins, whole grain and butter croissants, and sticky buns with strawberry honey butter. Jillian could not stop eating the croissants. She could not stop eating them. Five out of five on that. Five out of five on the strawberry yogurt parfait with berry granola. I mean, I mean that's something you know lots of households have but that's just a five out of five in itself in any uh in any of your refrigerators the breakfast skillet so good you had the pecan smoked brisket and eggs mickey shaped waffles bacon and sausage and cheesy potato casserole served with table syrup and we just kept having it come out i have no count of how much we ate but i did take my share of the cheesy potatoes and those were really really good that was it and they do have a plant-based that they do there is a pastry basket with strawberry spread lemon blueberry truffle in the breakfast skillet is just eggs seitan bacon potato barrels mickey waffles and table syrup the uh mickey ba the tant jillian will say that the mickey waffles were the best she's had in a while because she feels like they can taste different at different restaurants. We ended the day at Hollywood Studios and just had a ton of fun. As we always do every Saturdays at the parks, it was a ton of fun. And actually, before we did that, we took some time off stream in between the Trails End stream and the Hollywood Studios Part 1 to actually just enjoy the resort and sit and talk with friends as well as ride around in the golf cart and Jillian got some early driving lessons which was really really great so I, once again I cannot even thank Holly and Jeff so much for inviting us and they could not have made it better it was just an amazing couple of days with them and uh, we look forward to many much much more fun with our newfound friends who live in Florida part-time and hopefully full-time at some time soon Disney Parks Blog News. There are several interesting articles today that I would like to cover on Disney Parks Blog. This was written on March 13th, 2023 by Stephen Miller, Senior Manager of Corporate Social Responsibility. Greetings, programmers. It's a phase often heard in the world of Tron, as it's the greeting shared by the character Kevin Flynn in the original 1982 film when entering the grid at Tron Light Cycle Run presented by Enterprise. This thrilling new attraction officially opens on April 4th, 2023 at Magic Kingdom Park in Walt Disney World Resort. To prepare you for the journey to the game grid, Steven has compiled his reference guide for everything you need to know about Tron. 
Released on July 9th, 1982, this original Disney film chronicles the adventures of Kevin Flynn, a brilliant video game maker who hacks the mainframe of his former employer, Encom, looking for evidence that the video game programs he wrote were stolen by a company executive named Ed. While attempting to find the missing files, Flynn is beamed into a digital world by the Master Control Program, or the MCP, an artificial intelligent computer created by Dillinger, a security program named Tron, and another digital simulation program named Yori, joins Flynn on a quest to defeat the MCP, thus sending Flynn back to the real world in evidence of the stolen game programs. Now on to Tron Legacy, which was the sequel to Tron. This was released on December 17, 2010, and set many cycles, which is a measurement of time on the grid, after the original film. Sam Flynn, son of Kevin Flynn, is haunted by the mysterious disappearance of his father. When Sam investigates a strange signal sent from the abandoned Flynn's arcade that could have only come from his father, he finds himself pulled into a digital world known as The Grid, where Kevin has been trapped for 20 years. With the help of the last isomorphic algorithm, or ISO, named Quora, father and son embark on a life-or-death journey across a dazzling digital universe created by Kevin himself. The ISOs were a race of programs that spontaneously evolved on the grid without being written by a user, which makes Quora extra special. Tron Light Cycle Run at Magic Kingdom The story of Tron Light Cycle Run picks up after Tron Legacy where Kevin's son, Sam Flynn, has opened a second gateway into the grid. The first gateway is found at Shanghai, Disneyland with the original Tron Light Cycle Power Run. After being digitized and transported to the grid for a special light cycle race, it's your Team Blue against one of the grid's menacing programs, Team Red, Team Yellow, or Team Orange. Your goal is to be the first to race through eight energy gates, digital markers that users and programmers compete to capture. The first team to capture all eight gates by passing through them is declared the winner. Flynn's Arcade in Workshop Kevin Flynn's beloved video arcade is mostly stocked with video games he created. It was his business and his home for some time, especially in the original Tron. The arcade's basement, Flynn used a Shiva laser to digitize himself to the grid as seen in Tron Legacy. A giant replica of this laser, the Encom SHV20905, in the queue at Magic Kingdom is the conduit by which human users pass from the real world into the digital world of the grid. Programs and Users Programs were created by humans to perform functions like accounting or security inside a computer world. They take commands from their users, who are people who create programs and give them a purpose. Until the arrival of Kevin Flynn on the grid programs, thought users were only a myth. One program you will enter at Tron Light Cycle Run is a siren. Dressed in white, sirens prepare programs for the games by providing armor and identity disks. What is an identity disk? Every program on the grid receives a circular identity disk. Everything a program does or says on the grid is recorded on the disk. It allows programs to synchronize with light cycles 
The grid, also known as the game grid, in the original Tron, the grid was a game simulation environment inside a computer mainframe that evolved into a virtual universe. After defeating the master control program, Kevin Flynn reprogrammed the computer servers to create a technically superior grid. Throughout the Magic Kingdom attraction, you will notice hexagons, which is the geometric shape most associated with Flynn's grid. The game grid is a central location of gladiator-style games where programs are pitted against each other. In each game, there can be only one victor. The Light Cycle itself. Light Cycle is a game played on the game grid. Powered by a program's energy, light cycles are incredibly fast and agile two-wheeled vehicles which generate light ribbons. These near-indestructible temporary walls of light generate behind vehicles with the grid and disappear after a short period of time. The end of the line. This phase was uttered by the master control program in Tron, which references the end of a computer program code before a new line begins in that code. In Tron Legacy, the end of the line club was a nightclub for programs to enjoy dancing and libations. While greetings programs is a perfect greeting, end of the line is a great way to say farewell. With that said, as someone who plays video games better than anybody, I hope to see you on the grid starting April 4th. End of line. So we had a chance to do Tron Light Cycle Run and this was our official thoughts on it. So a lot of people have thought that Tron may not get as high of a rating right now because it came out later than Guardians of the Galaxy, but Tron was supposed to come out before Guardians, but after COVID and all this other stuff, it was delayed, who knows for what reasons, Guardians came out first. So that's a hard attraction to live up to. And so a lot of people, I haven't heard anybody say Tron is better than Guardians. Now, if I break this down, if you just are talking pure fun and excitement, Tron's amazing. Tron's so much fun. You get to get on a light cycle and sit there like you're on a motorcycle and go 70 miles an hour on this track and then up underneath this light up canopy. It's amazing in that sense. You won't go on Tron and say, I didn't have fun. Now, if we just want to break it down in comparison to the experiences that you may have had in on other rides, we have the luxury of living in Orlando. So we ride everything. So you can be a little more critical of some things, but don't get that misconstrued with the appreciation of Tron. It's beautiful. It's pretty. It's fast. It's fun. But if I break it down a little bit, I thought the track was very basic, except for the outside piece, which is still basic, but what takes it away from being basic is the canopy over it, which makes it a lot of fun. Uh, when you're inside, there's a lot of neon and darkness. Um, could it have been more imaginative? Probably. What was really impressive was when you turn digitized. When you get in that room and there's a wall, and that wall is clear but then goes digital, that's crazy. That's crazy imagineering technology 
right there. So that part was very, very amazing. I, I did love it overall. And uh, I hope that uh, I portrayed all my opinions of Tron. Uh, the Q has a great, uh, some of the newer lockers where you put your stuff on one side and when you exit the ride, it's on the other side. It's reversed. You activate it with your magic band. And you can take your phone and your glasses on the ride with you, but before they take off, there's a little compartment in the front that you can put your stuff in. So that's my views on Tron. I tried to live stream it and I chose the wrong signal. I had one or the other and unfortunately I picked the other. <laughs> so in my opinion, it failed. We did get the inside parts of the ride for the most part. So what I will do is I will be there on April 4th. I will go on towards the end of the night and I will go with the opposite signal and it will be fingers crossed 70 miles an hour and I will enter the grid and when I get to the end of the line I'm hoping that we have a perfect stream. There is another Disney Parks blog article that is so worth talking about and let me tell you we are going to try every single thing on this menu. So I feel like over time that Magic Kingdom tends to get the least of the newest things to try and eat. The newest, coolest things. I just feel that way. Uh, it's probably not completely that way, but of course, Epcot, it's easy to feel that way because Epcot has global food and beverage. This article is titled, Disney Eats First Look at Brand New Energy Bites at Magic Kingdom Park. So this new food kiosk is called Energy Bites. Let's dig into this. As we are gearing up for Tron Light Cycle Run presented by Enterprise to blast off in Tomorrowland at Magic Kingdom Park in just a few short weeks, I've also got some exciting foodie news for you. Tomorrowland will soon be home to another new foodie spot, Energy Bites. This new kiosk will be serving up tasty treats and sips for you to grab, drawing inspiration from the futuristic environment around you. Whether you're looking for some breakfast bites, savory snacks, sweet treats, or refreshing beverages, this new stop will soon become a go-to pit stop as you venture into Tomorrowland. If you're kicking off your morning in Magic Kingdom Park, Energy Bites has some breakfast delights for you. For those wanting a sweet treat to start the day, the tasty chocolate cake donut holes topped with mocha sauce are a perfect option. With each quote-unquote bite, that's B-Y-T-E, you'll be begging for more. The coffee lovers out there will also have a new caffeinated beverage to try. It's Joffrey's Cold Brew It's Joffrey's Cold Brew Coffee topped with a yummy mocha sauce. This Ice sip is the perfect combination of that classic coffee flavor with a touch of sweetness. These will surely be on my list to start my Magic Kingdom morning. Now on to some savory options. If you love buffalo chicken and dumplings, you're in luck because Energy Bites is combining both of these classics into one delicious concoction, Digital Dumplings Buffalo Chicken. Yes, you heard that right. This bite 
perfectly combines chicken dumplings, blue cheese powder, and cayenne pepper broth. And these aren't the only dumplings coming to Tomorrowland. There is another dish soon to be served up. The Digital Dumplings Beef and Broccoli is out of this world as it transforms this iconic dish into dumpling form with beef dumplings, broccoli pesto, and ginger soy broth. For those looking for a sweet pick-me-up, Energy Bites has you covered too. The Strawberry Ice O-Form is the ultimate refreshing treat with the sweetness of the strawberry ice cream mochi, graham crackers, and even a little bit of cheesecake foam to finish it off. It not only looks beautiful, but it tastes great too. Last, but certainly not least, we've got the watermelon refresher with yuzu and ginger. This frozen sip will take you to another world with tasty flavors. Just take a peek at how good it looks. And it does look really good. It's a very tall glass that starts out wide and really narrows down and there's a lot of chunks at the top just floating up there and it looks like it's watermelon and whatever else is in there it will be the perfect accompaniment for any of the other yummy items available at this location well there you have it all the must try items coming to the newest food and beverage location at magic kingdom park If you're about to start planning your next vacation, book your next vacation with your magical adventures await. Claudia is creating Disney adventures worldwide. She can create a magical adventure to Walt Disney World Florida, any Disney park worldwide, Disney Cruise Lines, Alani Resort in Hawaii, guided group vacation with adventures by Disney, and she's also a Universal Studios expert. If you book with her, her services are free. Disney pays her to help you create a seamless, magical adventure. Her availability is really unmatched. You can contact her Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Make your magical planner, Claudia Anderson, from your magical adventures await. 956-455-8049 or check her out on Instagram with instant message Claudia Anderson, all one word that's C-L-A-U-D-I-A I-N-D-R-I-D-S-O-N and as a special bonus if you book with her all traveling members of your party will receive a special living in Diz luggage tag so make sure you let her know that we sent you If you're a fan of our channel, Living in Diz, for some kind of time, you've been enjoying Disney through the eyes of our family. So what about enjoying Disney through your own eyes? How can you accomplish that? You'll want to contact Victor Naraki. With over a decade of helping people find the homes of their dreams right near Disney, Victor is the perfect realtor of La Rosa Realty Horizons to help you find the home of your dreams. Simply go to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. That's DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. And don't forget to tell him that Living in Diz sent you. Today's Diz feature attraction is the Barnstormer. 
It's Goofy's Barnstormer, so let's get to it. First, a little bit of history. Between 1988 and 1996, Grandma's Duck's Petting Farm occupied this space where the Barnstormer now sits. This petting zoo was located in the Mickey's Birthday Land section of Fantasyland and was the home to Minnie Moo, a Holstein cow that was famous for having a hidden Mickey on her side. In 1996, the petting zoo was removed and Minnie Moo was relocated to Fort Wilderness. She later died from natural causes. So sad. The barn, which housed the petting zoo, was integrated into the Barnstormer at Goofy's Wiseacre Farm. After the closure, the Barnstormer at Goofy's Wiseacre Farm lasted from 1996 to 2011. After the closure of Grandma's Duck's Petting Farm, in 1996, the Magic Kingdom began construction on a junior roller coaster called the Barnstormer at Goofy's Wiseacre Farm. It opened in Mickey's Toontown Fair in October 1st, 1996. The Barnstormer was one of the three attractions at American Disney Parks, which took its name from former attractions at the now-defunct Opryland USA theme park in Nashville, Tennessee. The other attractions are Grizzly River Run at Disney California Adventure Park and Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney's Hollywood Studios. The Barnstormer at Goofy's Wiseacre Farm appeared to be an airplane school taught by Goofy. The story behind this ride includes guests flying in Goofy's homemade biplane as it swooped, twisted, and turned. It then went full speed into a barn. Inside the barn were three audio animatronic chickens from Epcot's former World of Motion attraction. A hidden Mickey formed by a jumble of wires could be found in the attraction's queue near the popcorn plants. As part of the Fantasyland expansion, the attraction closed on February 12, 2011 to be rethemed to the Great Goofini. From 2011 to the present, it is now known as the Barnstormer. From 2011 to 2014, Magic Kingdom's Fantasyland underwent a large expansion and renovation. Mickey's Toontown closed permanently on February 12, 2011 in order to make way for the expansion. Some elements of Mickey's Toontown Fair have been demolished and others have been rethemed to a new storybook circus area. The Barnstormer at Goofy's Wiseacre Farm was rethemed to the Barnstormer featuring Goofy as the Great Goofini. New Fantasyland opened in stages. The first stage, which opened in early 2012, contain the first half of the storybook circus, including the new rethemed Barnstormer, at which the crash-out barn had been removed. On the back of the entrance sign, however, one can find a set of red-painted jumbled letters that, when put together, spell Wiseacre Farm as a homage to both the original version of the ride and Mickey's Toontown Fair. Guests board one of two trains, which seats 16 riders. The train is taken up a chain lift hill to a height of 9.1 meters or 30 feet. 207 meters or 679 feet of twists, turns, and elevation changes follow before the ride comes to a halt in the brake run. 
Riders reach a top speed of 40.2 kilometers per hour or 25 miles per hour on the 42nd ride. That'll do it for another week of the DizPod. Make sure you check us out on the Swell app. That's S-W-E-L-L. We broadcast and drop five-minute podcasts throughout the week with the most consistent one being the post-live stream walkout from wherever we live streamed during the week. And you can usually count on those within the next 30 minutes of going off the air. And again, we, we drop every Monday, 9 a.m., a full-length podcast right here where you're listening to and we hope you continue to follow and enjoy if you want to contribute in any way you can do that with right on spotify with ad free sponsorship you can also check us out over at youtube our channel living in diz and in the description of any video there go to the live streams and the replays and click on those and you will find links for becoming a Diz Club member and also becoming a Patreon. There's so much to see over there. Check out our website, livingindiz.com. So many great things going on over there. You want to check that out. All you want and need to know about the members of the channel. You can sign up for our email list there so you're alerted anytime we have news. With an extended schedule of our live streams, it's a three live stream lineup. Those are typically updated every single Saturday's morning. And please send us some questions. We'd love to read them on the air here at livingindiz at gmail.com. For Mushu, Jacob, Jillian, Tammy, I'm Corey from Living in Diz. Thank you so much for being dedicated to our family, our channel, our podcast. Thank you so much for allowing us to be your ticket to Disney. And we'll see you in the parks.